all over the house. On the south side wall, we have all of our children's graduation pictures. If you go down the hallway to the bedrooms, you'll find cartoon caricatures of them for the trips that they've made in their choir as they went down to Disney World and they would come back with some of the funniest looking, but you could tell it was them. It's amazing. But over the one, the one that really we, we hold close to is right above my chair, it's a picture of our grandchildren when they were all small. And they're all sitting in a hay wagon. And, and so pictures draw our attention very quickly to events and people. But the one that, that really highlights, it's the picture that's between my wife's chair and my chair. It's the oldest picture in our home of us. It's our wedding day picture. Some of you that have seen it have laughed at it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Because there aren't many people that wear brown hush puppy shoes with a brown tuxedo. Can I get an amen from the congregation? But that was back in 1974. We were a lot long, younger then, baby. Let me tell you, that was 45 years ago. You look great. Me, I don't know, jury's still out on deliberation. But, but that picture reminds us of that August the 3rd, 1974, probably one of the hottest days of the year. Did any of you else get married on the hottest day of the year? That's what you thought anyway. Yeah, amen, brother. I see that hand. Confession is good for the soul. And as I look at that picture, and then I look at our children's pictures, and then our grandchildren's pictures, I begin to say, Mason, you don't look like any of us. He takes after his mother's side. But Mia, she's, she's one of the twins. She's a Wigand. She has black hair, like her, like her grandma, and she looks and acts an awful lot like her Aunt Amanda, who should have been a boy. <laughs> and then the other children, we, we sort of compare them. Oh, it looks like your dad, or you look like your mom, or... And you have pictures like that, too. The scriptures talk about another picture. Part of that picture is going to be in the lens of what we call a baptism service. Because in the baptism service, we see a picture of Jesus Christ. In fact, God has given to the church two ordinances. One is baptism and the other is communion. And an ordinance, if, if you want to know a terminology of it, it is a righteous, a religious, if you will, right ordained or established by the Lord Jesus Christ. It is something that he did when he was on this earth. And he left it to the church to do. And, and there are two characteristics of an ordinance. Number one, the first characteristic is this, that it is divinely instructed. It is something that's just not given. It is divinely instructed so that it would be continually done as time would allow. 
You might remember as Jesus, right before he leaves this earth, in Matthew chapter 28, he says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them. It's a command that Jesus himself went through. The, the second characteristic of these particular ordinances is this, is that it's, it's accompanied by a mandate that is to be perpetrated as time goes on. That's why we continually have baptism services. That's why we have communion services. Because they are done for a purpose. And they're done as a picture. Because in each one of those particular situations, we see the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to share with you just three things. Three things that are so important for us to realize concerning the baptism. Number, number one, we want to look at its meaning. What is the meaning of baptism? Number two, we want to look at the mode of baptism. Why do we do it the way that we do this? And the last one we want to look at is the message of baptism. But first, let's, let's look at the, the meaning of baptism. What, what is its practical meaning? First of all, baptism, though it is important, I want to let you know, as we did, as I met with the children, we must understand that baptism has nothing to do for our salvation, but it has everything to do with our salvation as a witness. So what do we mean by, by baptism? Well, the meaning of baptism is highlighted, if you will, as a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As a believer, we should be baptized as a confession of our faith. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 in your Bibles. The book of Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to look at verse 37 and verse 38. In Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38, we see, if you will, three key elements in the meaning of what baptism is. It says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that little word there for literally means because of our remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What do these verses have? Well, the first thing is conviction. When they heard this, well, what is this? That's an interesting word in chapter 2 because it is repeated a number of times. But Peter is preaching a message concerning the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says when these people heard that message, when they heard this, they, it said, they were cut to the heart. There was conviction about that. And and when you hear the testimonies that are going to be read here in a short while, it's an amazing thing that even young children can understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that changes their hearts, it changes their minds, it changes their lives. And as the testimonies are being read, you're going to hear in there why they trusted Jesus. And so, the, first of all, there's this conviction. Then there's this conversion. Conversion literally means to be saved. They, they ask, what do we need to do? And the conversion part of that is they were convicted of their sin and they were asking, what do we need to do? And Peter said to them, repent and trust Jesus. But from that came the, if you will, came the confession. Because now they wanted to be baptized. Jot these these passages down just quickly for yourself. You got got Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, Philip sees an Ethiopian who's reading out of Isaiah 53... And he goes and he tells him the interpretation of that passage concerning Jesus Christ. And then the individual says, what do I, I I see water here. Why can't I be baptized? There again is the, first of all, is the conviction, then a conversion, and then a confession. They were baptized. The next place, when you go to Acts chapter 10, you'll come to a wonderful account of Peter with Cornelius, a Roman soldier. And in chapter 10 of the book of Acts, then then Peter is sharing with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says that not only Cornelius, but his whole household came to know Jesus, and they got baptized. And then you go to chapter 16 of the book of Acts, and you have two accounts The first one is Lydia, who is a businesswoman. And and there in her house, she too trusted Christ and she was baptized. Later on in that chapter 16 of the book of Acts, you have the Philippian jailer. And he becomes saved. and And he and his whole household are baptized. So what are we looking at here? The meaning of baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. Baptism is just as important as those of us that are married. On August the 3rd of 1974, hottest day of the year, brown tuxedo, brown hush puppies. My wife, Nancy put on my finger a ring. And I've worn it ever since. It's a ring that gives the impression to everyone who sees it that that is a picture of an event 
that happened in my life. And 45 years later, I'm thankful that we're still walking together. It's a constant reminder of that day. It's a picture. And, and so baptism is that kind of an experience. It is to draw us to remember something of value. And in that particular day, in, in August 3rd, 1974, I got married. This particular day of October the 20th, 2019, three young ladies are going to remember this day as being a hallmark in their life. It's a witness to you that they've determined to follow Jesus Christ. That's the meaning of baptism. It is an outward evidence of an inward change. Well, what about the mode of baptism? There are many modes of baptism. Some get sprinkled. Some get poured. But here at Grace Community Church, we follow, I think, what is clearly taught in the Scriptures. Because when Jesus in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16, when he was baptized, it says when he came up out of the water. And when you read the account in Acts chapter 10 or Acts chapter 8 concerning the Ethiopian eunuch, again it says when they came up out of the water. And so the mode of baptism that we do here at Grace Community Church is that we baptize in a, a big tub. And Jim's not here this morning, but if that water's not 80, I'm not in it. I told the, the candidates this morning that if it's not 80, if I put my foot in that and it's cold, I'm throwing them in from the top stair. No, I, I won't do that. But in the baptism, why we baptize in, in, a, in the depth of water is because it shows forth again the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, now I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6 and you'll catch why we do it this way. Romans chapter 6. As we begin at verse three or verse four, notice what it says. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into water. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. 
that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. And so when we baptize individuals in a pool of water, we are signifying, giving another picture, if you will, of what Jesus Christ did for us. He died, thus we put them and buried, we put them under water. Wait for the last bubble to come up. And then we bring them up in resurrection, newness of life. As Jesus Christ. And so that's why we do the mode of baptism. We don't sprinkle. Jesus wasn't sprinkled. He wasn't poured on. He went down into the water and came up out of the water. But there's a deeper meaning to baptism. We first have the, uh, the meaning and then the mode and now the message of baptism. Every Sunday, I have the privilege of standing before these wonderful people, and they have to put up with my sermons. And they do well. But in baptism, those who are being baptized are preaching a sermon. No, they, they may not say a whole lot of words, but in their actions, in their lives, they are agreeing with what the scriptures have to say about baptism. And so when they go through the baptism waters, when they are put under the water and then come up out of the water, they are preaching a sermon in of their lives. That they are identifying themselves with the very person of Jesus Christ. And that their lives that they desire to live are no longer going to be under their control. It's going to be under the control of Jesus Christ. That's what Romans chapter 6 is. That we are identifying ourselves with Jesus Christ. No longer to live for ourselves, but to live for Jesus Christ. And so this morning, the meaning, the mode... And the message of baptism is that important that these three wonderful young ladies are going to follow Jesus' command. And so I'm, I'm calling those, those three ladies who are going to be baptized. If you'll go now and get ready, I'm going to have a closing prayer, then I'm going to go get ready. And Rick's going to come and lead you in some singing so we can get ready, so that we will be ready for the baptism service. Uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, again I rejoice in this morning, this time of praise of Kinsley and Delaney and Morgan. And their heart's desire isn't to get wet. Their heart's desire is to follow after you. I thank you for their testimonies. 
I thank you for their families who have impacted their lives. And I pray, oh God, that as we go through this wonderful baptism service, that the meaning will be true, the mode will be obvious, but the message, the sermon that these ladies are going to preach the rest of their lives will be what will impact many other people. And so, Lord, I pray your hand of blessing and everyone who has a part in this baptism service We do it for your honor and for your glory. And we praise you in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.